there uh, quite a bit. And, you know, honestly, he's been pretty solid. Like, he's only hitting, he's only hit one home run down on the But he's uh, getting on base, he's drawn walks. Matching Jesse Winker's total. It didn't take him long to match Jesse Winker's total either. Jesse, it took him like three months to finally get on the board there. But, yeah, it's going about as expected. It's improved it a little bit. It's improved the ceiling. Um, I think it's improved the floor a little bit as well, at least providing some power of veteran leader, uh, veteran experience as you get into I the playoff. I did take my car in to so get fixed today. Allison's been able to provide. Wow. And I suppose that's it's, a lie. It's I've needed to get an oil change for a position for a team that's, that's going months, to be in the playoffs. Many thousands of miles. Finally got it on the calendar. Uh, finally took the car and said, eh, it's been making this weird noise. Yeah, right, million dollar question, David Gasper. Multi-point inspection. The playoffs start tomorrow. Tires. You know. And we got to set our playoff Like a yearly roster. physical. But is Rowdy Telez on your you playoff roster? Right, you're supposed to do that more than once a year. Yeah, I, I know. Um, I didn't take my car. No, I, okay. I don't think he is. Yeah, I was talking uh, to the mechanics. I we could fix this and that and the other thing. It'll cost you this will be a grand and this will be too grand and this will be I think there's a chance he could be just on that power like, bat uh, off the bench. Do I look like he I really hit for no, much power we fixing like any of that. Of uh, but we can, you know, fix this uh, and that. But it, it's talking to the mechanic. Two spots and I just love when uh, to, the to person the working at the dealership compliments my car. Going to be there's very the few better feelings in the what world does he even do here than when the person behind the counter who's reading them up is like, oh, man, you got like, it. You got uh, a great ride. Is, these cars, the man, this is the, this is the, the best vintage. These engines, they last forever. Oh, run for it. It depends on Brian Anderson. Onabam called in a couple weeks ago. I made a good point. Every World Series team has had a guy that doesn't play that much. Makes me so They're way better than when I go to the dentist or go to the doctor. They're like, hey, Brian Anderson to be on a postseason I go to the car dealership, yeah. and they're like, Brian hey, Anderson is about to 2001 it out, Toyota, man. That's, that's like, the like, golden age of Toyotas. These cars are last he's, he's almost there. You drive this uh, thing 300,000 yeah, miles. It, like, you're it, damn it, right it, I can. It doesn't seem to make you're much damn right sense I have an awesome car. You're you've been on the team. Me, I don't know why. It's so satisfying when, when the car fixes your people, compliment your car. And maybe they compliment everyone's car. And if that's the case, my opinion doesn't change. I'll still take the compliment when I can get it. Why is he still on the roster? It's just such a good feeling. and there maybe isn't another team in Major League. Baseball I don't know Gasper why. that is, but you know the the idea of spending hundreds of dollars to get some things fixed. I didn't love that, and then he complimented my car. Like, ah, like the Brewers do yeah, not waste mm-hmm. spots; they'll send a guy local. up or down. If you have a bad outing and you're tired, we're going to send you down for three days and so use that spot. That. If you because work, we know we're going to get a garage. Exactly. Yeah. So it just it makes it is bizarre. It is because the Brewers are not the type of team. My name is Grant Bill. Hope you're having an awesome day. I hope your car is running well. Right. They're not. Which is why this is still so confusing as to why. Uh, the Brian Whatever Anderson might be going on playing out you know, I wish you the uh, best of, way. The so, best of that department I mean, as well. It's it, been a little bit. The handle on, on my car is broken. The driver's side door handle. For, for a reason to, uh, to try so to I either have to you know, use a very specific touch to get it to pop open uh, or go around to the passenger side, pop open the passenger side, reach through, push open the door. It's like uh, 400 bucks to replace really, the handle. Really see a path I'll, I'll right climb field. in through the sunroof so, for as long as I own this I, car I think before Kalez I spend $400 could end up to replace a little piece of plastic. Hell uh, no. Craig Council does Lord like to use no. him as a pinch so hitter off day. the bench when, when he needs a, a nice big bat. Well. When he wants you can call the show moment. if you'd like. I'd love to have you. 608-321-1670. And I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Let's I'm not going to say it's a bullpen. loaded show well, to wrap up. But David Gasper, we got two awesome guests. Williams, J.R. Radcliffe, Journal Central. I still like Pyumps. Uh, he'll join us at 4:30. Guy. 
Talk a little bit then about the Brewers playoff chase. going to do a stint on the IL. To talk but about let's just for the sake of this conversation say he's healthy and all going is going on around the Brewers. Who is then your uh, three and your stadium four? Well, what is your bullpen and trust the lack tree of a beer district? In, in what do we think about tailgating with Devin Williams? Because I think he's different We got into it all. Quite the charge from a couple of months ago. Just earlier this afternoon. He is in a more important role now than I expected. I'm going to play that for you coming up on the David Gasper, our buddy. It's Wednesday. He writes for reviewing the Brewers, and we're going to talk to him in the second hour of the show. Before turning things over to the Bill Michaels load. huddle at 6 o'clock. Um, so plenty of football he's, he's later. Grown, I want to start the show with football made, as well. Uh, David Bakhtiari speaking to like the media today. 47, I, I want to say. I like don't feel bad like um, so he's for speculating that he perhaps year, missed this really game because it was played on turf. Uh, but Pionce is, is still I don't feel bad. That guy. I said this yesterday. Matt LaFleur, after the game, was cryptic. He did not give a clear answer on Sunday. When directly asked, hey, what's going on with with David Bakhtiari, your franchise left tackle? Makes a bunch of money. Why is he missing the game? Oh, no, 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 no. The only reliable lefty that he has, Andrew Chapin, is there, but reliable. Just say his knee's acting Just say it was swollen. Just say we had a flare-up in David's knee. We wanted to give him all the way until Sunday morning to see if he could get it right. He couldn't get it right. So unfortunately, we had to make him an actor. Just say that. Say anything. Don't just say no. No, you no. You guys know he's got a bad knee. I'm not talking about this. Most trusted reliever. When you say nothing, that gives us an open door to start speculating throughout the rest of the year. What's going on? I mean, really, they got and a lot of good things. It's, in, it's not in a bad McGill look at well this point with, with the for opener, the Packers or for uh, David Bakhtiari or for Matt LaFleur to say has proven to be he very couldn't trustworthy go. His and, knee is not allowing like him to go. There was some swelling. He could not play today. I mean, Packers that's, that's fans really are not going to hold that against Matt LaFleur. Bryce Wilson could not going to hold that against the Packers. And I don't think Packers fans would hold that against David Bakhtiari. Because as Matt LaFleur said, I look at 2018 so nostalgically. I love when McGill opens. I love doing an opener. It makes me feel what I felt. I get it. Then. But Bryce Wilson it's is chronic knee issue. not really a high really leverage reliever, but also if you need it in a because when he's able to play, innings, he's or two awesome. innings out of a bullpen guy because even if of he never a practices, catastrophe with your starter. I even if he doesn't Wilson get any reps during Holy the week, Milner, he I think, is, is the 2023 awesome version of, of, uh, of 2018. It's Totally. We have mm-hmm. an issue. We the it. starter got into a little we bit of trouble. We pull him. We're going to throw him alone. Even though I think he's watching the game, he falls either three or four on my bullpen I trust tree, depending on where Pagaro is with his elbow. And of then believing that David Bakhtiari isn't that, giving it. That doesn't it mean that Hobie Miller won't field. come in and don't think the Packers. To help out the Packers for giving him this contract. We don't hold that against him. He's a great player. It just didn't work out. It was an awful contract because of that injury and because of a bunch of bad luck. Nothing you can do. We don't hold that against David Bakhtiari or the Packers. Uh, Why Matt LaFleur did not just is, come out on Sunday and uh, Milner's say, thrived um, in that role. He's come in and, and he doesn't I, like I runners coming out the score. Uh, we heard from David Bakhtiari today. He spoke to the media. I don't know if we're going to have a chance to run that audio guy and between now and 6 o'clock. Lefty. Uh, because there's a lot of swear words been, in it, and I was texting with Mike a lot before the show. He's like, "I'm going to get you some David Bakhtiari he has, audio, but I can edit it every time." Only about thirty or forty other shoe to drop here. with Milner. And I will do my best to summarize what David Bakhtiari. You know this: the baseball is getting mm, good. Said, no, I would never savor the final couple of weeks of Craig Council. I would never not be out there together. He basically said, "Let's remember that." Uh, I've missed so sure many we'll games the last couple of years. Couple of what would give you the, the idea that, be great. that I don't want to play yeah, or that I'm that, sitting that out? Why would I do that? If I'm able to play, I'm playing. I'm an awesome left tackle when my knee allows me to play. Why would I sit out a game if I was capable of playing? 
and we're all listening and watching the clips from the from this the press when he's meeting with the Green Bay media. Five thirty on Wednesdays. Of course, appreciate it. Thank you for the time, Gasper. Take care. I don't feel bad for speculating about turf. Yeah, have a good one. And I don't feel bad for speculating as to why he missed that game because Twitter at Gasper twenty four. Open the door for Eagle. Right, we were forced to draw our own conclusions, and you know who handed us the pens and pencils and the crayons and the paint to draw that conclusion? This is the Florida Sports Show and Eric Bontiaris, David's brother, and that was bizarre. They asked David about his brother's tweet, and I guess it was something that Eric asked him about beforehand. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to tweet this. It'll be funny." And David's like, "I don't give a damn what you do. It's so bizarre. So weird." Like, yeah, I guess you can tweet that, and I guess you control us. I always felt the same way about Rogers when he would. Say Cisco things or do things. My to, name is Grant Bill. So you're having people. an awesome night. Like, you know who you're trolling? Brewers back in action. You're trolling your fans. Another win after last and night. Your you biggest supporters. You're trolling the media. It's not so hard, right? They're just trying to William do their Contreras, job. To follow you, Willie Adamas, and now report like, on you. <laughs> And to build a relationship right with you to be night. that connective tissue between you Jordan and the fans. Walker, why, why are you trolling us? One of the why, worst why, timed why dives I've ever seen. It was an unnecessary dive. Boot. And the people who like but, you and, and cheer for you most is so bizarre. I think you just so got caught I, I don't on get the run. David Bakhtiari's brother. Jeff Levin. The David Bakhtiari uh, media availability today was very interesting. I was talking with J.R. Radcliffe earlier. And if you missed it, you can hear the I don't have the audio because it's full of words. And it takes time. We talked about how this team doesn't really feel like it has a playoff vibe well, like you get 2011 with braun and fielder and they would do the, the beast thing the arms uh, up in the air and then in 2018 there was a vibe to that team there was a vibe even in 2021 i know i should here's ryan no, does a really good job here's the quote but you think with what i've done i would still felt like for months and months we were building anyone who alludes to that that's funny it doesn't feel pretty devastating you could argue that goes by i'm not getting any younger i want what i want for myself and what i want to give to this franchise it's i would argue they're pretty similar to the 2021 Brewers. Andy herman put out a podcast clip today he does pack a day he joined us last week it just doesn't feel like this team put out a great podcast has a big personality David Bakhtiari is one of the previous Brewers playoff teams have had personality, but maybe this team's maddening personality. To have to sit on the sideline because his knee actually won't allow maybe, him to maybe, play, and it sucks. It, maybe it's their personality is, is, but it's not the fault very of reflective anyone. of the it's way they've played really, all year really, long. Really, like the sad Reds have put together winning story. streaks. It looks unbelievable. It's not like it's anyone electric. died. The Reds have had stretches. It looks like they'll never lose a baseball bummer. game ever again. David Bakhtiari spoke to media for twenty minutes today. Right, not this year, but like in years past. If anyone wants to join in to talk about the Bakhtiari situation, this is probably going to be the last time we're going to talk this year. They had a lot of Brewers talk tonight, and they did it really for the last two months. North the Chicago. Bears Some of these teams, when they get going, it looks day. unbelievable. So the much Brewers weird news don't coming have out that so gear. Talk about that as well. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seven. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. I, I called them a slow cooker team earlier this year. It's like they're not going to win uh, yeah. six or seven well, games in a row way. consistently, and they're not going to hit multiple home runs a night hey, now. consistently. Hey, they're not going to score Let's ten runs there. consistently. But what they will right, do I'm cutting you off. is win more games than they lose. And <laughs> in a week-long sample, six or in a two-week sample, or even in a month sample, it might not be easy to see that. But when you zoom out and you check it on the Brewers in late September, it's like, oh, man, they're how many games in first place? They're how many games over 500? What? a picture of because this, this is a team that is truly built older, for the long haul. And you could say, well, that's because they're not very good. That's because their division is bad. Okay, sure. Yeah, they're not the Braves. They're not the Dodgers. But the way this team has been able to comfortably cruise in first place and keep a pace and stay comfortable and to not panic, not get too hot, not get too cold, it's impressive. And I think maybe that's what defines this team. In a good way. Bill Michaels huddle up next. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4. I don't know. I just don't understand why his brother is... 
trolling. I don't understand why players troll their own fans. It's really weird. If you want to troll other people, go off. But I don't I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. Patrick Mahomes' wife did it. She trolled other people. I think she was the start of it, wasn't she? So then Bakhtiari's brother had to get in on the bandwagon and help troll. Yeah, I... Man, I don't know. And most of this, I think, the the fact that a lot of Packers fans and media started speculating, I blame Matt LaFleur for this. He was asked directly on Sunday about this after the game, and he, like, threw a little tantrum and refused to talk about it. Just say his knee was bummy and he couldn't go. What's so hard about that, Demarcus? I don't get it. It's probably hard because he said he uh, LaFleur has said that how many times now to the point he probably is tired of saying well, it. That's your job. How many how many times does Craig Council have to ask ask be asked and answer the same question every day? You don't well, you, getting Maybe mad about it doesn't help. To ask. Man, I don't know. I don't know. Craig Council for an entire summer asked and answered the same question about Josh Hader every day. Hey, hey, Craig, why don't you pitch Josh Hader when your team is trailing? Why don't you pitch him in a tie game? Why do you every day? And Craig, every day he would roll his eyes a little bit, but he'd give the same answer and he'd move along. Malifor started this on Sunday. Now, you explain that like that, I would start doing the same thing. If I'm being asked the same question over and over and over and over again, what is it, 180, how many baseball games are there? I, I don't know, but if I'm being asked the same question for that many amount of baseball games, I'm going to start rolling my eyes and giving you the same answer every day also. To the point, hopefully, I'm annoying you as much as you're annoying me with asking the same totally. question. Totally, yeah. If, and, I, and I'll... if I called you... Yeah. No, 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 Tamarcus, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. If I called you every day and was like, hey, man, did you get your uh, doorknob fixed on your car? Every day, <laughs> it would, how would you feel about that? Uh, I would get annoying. It's a little different. I get what you're saying. It's a little different. Um, but I, I guess I would, I would tell you no, and I would laugh, and we would move on. By the way, I wanted to tell you, when I was listening to you on Bill Michaels earlier, I wanted to call in and... I don't know if you guys have a suggestion box, but I wanted to put a piece of paper in one of you guys' suggestion boxes. All right. And I heard um, Bill Michael say that he wanted to get rid of his Genesis and get a truck. I was going to see if he would be willing enough to whoever calls in with the saddest story about how they <laughs> lost their car, yeah. he just gives them the car. I was going to say. Genesis. Yeah, yeah, we can do a listener giveaway. I thought you were going to say he should just give it to me, and I'm like, well, I mean, I... Well, no, I, he should just give it to me. I already have the saddest story. <laughs> That's why I came up with that What idea. happened to your car? <laughs> so, uh, when I... You remember when I called in the other day, I was talking to you about how I ruptured my Achilles tendon, right? Yeah. So, while I was in my boot, I, um... Needless to say, I went down to the bar, and I was still in my boot, and I had to go drop somebody off. I got back home... I walked my crutches, I crutched myself up the stairs because I lived on the second floor uh, at the time. And uh, my friend here in, in town, shout out to DJ Kramer because Michael Kramer, he, um, he messaged me talking about, you got a flat tire on your car? I'm like, dude, my car's in the driveway. And so then he messaged me again. He's like, well, somebody's driving around in your car. Long story short, my car got totaled and stolen, or got stolen and totaled while I was in my boot. Like, if that ain't oh. sad, like, right. See, thank you. Cry for me real quick, Grant Bills. If I you can. will. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. In Eau Claire, of all places? Eau Claire, what do you mean, of all places? Eau Claire's turning into Bloomington, the cities. 
Park. Like this is this is getting horrible out here in Eau Claire, man. Nah, nah, I, I, okay, we'll revisit I'm this at some point. Eau Claire too. Well, what what was it out in front of the YMCA? Is that where it got jacked, Marcus? No. <laughs> it was in my driveway, actually. <laughs> Hell. All right, we're going to revisit this. I got to move along. You got to keep the show on the yeah, track. Man. Got two guests. I appreciate you, Tamarcus. Thank you for the call. I appreciate you too. I'll wait 15 minutes next time before I call in right away. Have a good day, man. No, you're good. You're good. What the hell? I know he did not just say that Eau Claire of all places is turning into Bloomington. Am I missing something? Eau Claire. What, in front of the, the Pizza Plus? Is that what? can't leave your car down there like maybe maybe Eau Claire's got a problem and I'm being the insensitive one for laughing right now but we were talking about uh, Milwaukee on the Bill Michaels show yesterday because there's a a massive car theft problem there and it's not just like for crime it's people steal them for fun and then they drive them around and then they leave them the Kia boys you know that Eau Claire talking about Eau Claire and by the way before we take a break on the on the whole Matt LaFleur sick and tired of answering the same question this is Matt Eberflus today Earlier today, before we learned that Alan Williams, his defensive coordinator, had stepped down, which we learned later today. We're going to talk about the Bears a little bit later and all the wild things going on in their building today. He's asked a couple different questions about Alan Williams. Listen to how he answers. Go ahead. Alan Williams to return at any point this season? I do not have an update on on, uh, Alan Williams right now. He's still a defensive coordinator. Like I said, I don't have any update. I don't have any update right now. I don't have any update. Well, he managed to answer the same question three times in a row without getting pissy. It's within Malafleur's right to get pissy. He can get mad at the media, I guess. But, dude, just say just say your guy's knee flared up. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get Malafleur sometimes. Three minutes. Wisco Sports Show. We'll be back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, J.R. Radcliffe, Journal Sentinel, going to join us in just a couple minutes. We're going to talk. Brewers playoff chase, stadium funding, beer district. Uh, other, there's like a million different bullet points being debated about the Brewers at all times on Twitter. So we'll do our best to get into some of those. He's going to join us. Four callers to get to. Started the show by talking about what's going on with David Bakhtiari. Some wild Bears news today as well. We can talk about that. Denny and Holman is up first. 608-321-1670. Denny, welcome. What's going on? Thanks for taking my call, Grant. How are you doing today, Denny? What's new? Great. How about you? I'm doing good. I okay. So, Denny, to be specific, I thought my car repairs today were going to cost me like 800, and yep. they're costing me slightly less than 500 when I got the call back. So that's that's a win. And they might have done that on purpose to make the the number a little less harsh for me. And I appreciate that. Well, good for you. It pays to bitch a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just whine and moan a little bit, and it'll bring that number down. So one of the main uh, focus points that I wanted to make Monday, but I couldn't get through to you was, you remember that play on, on third and 17, that kind of was like our fourth and 26 against uh, Eagles where um, we, we had our four D backs sitting there. Like they were looking, waiting for the apocalypse, looking yep. up in the sky and 
who catches the ball, but the receiver, you know, for the receiver for um, Atlanta, you know, yeah, was it Matt Collins? Yeah, for I think. Atlanta. Yeah, for Atlanta, and it's like I thought that was a major change because you get us the ball with the you punt from the end zone. You know, we get the ball probably on their side of the field. You know, and even if we get a field goal, hey, that would have won the game. Yeah, it's that's the bummer about Saturday's game. I think if one of the the players on offense, Jenkins, Bakhtiari, Watson, Jones, if one of those guys plays, I think the Packers probably win. If the Packers get yeah. one more fourth down in the first quarter, they probably win. That game was so close to being a Packers win. It's such a bummer. It was. And then, you know, I listened to the presser after it. Rob Demosky asked specifically to LaFleur about Bakhtiari, and he could tell he was very, very heated adamantly saying, you know, I'm going to say the same thing I would every week. Now, you know, David is, he didn't play. I mean, you know what, what happened the last two years. And it's yeah. like, you know, this, this is really making him not look very good as a coach, you know, yeah. and people are digging or digging, you know, I think, especially with Joe Barry kind of like on the hot seat already too, you know. I don't know. It's just so dumb that Matt LaFleur did not give a good answer about Bakhtiari. And now today Bakhtiari is getting, you know, frustrated at reporters. Well, why are you guys were speculating? You were taking the low-hanging fruit. Nuh-uh. Your head coach didn't give him a straight answer on Sunday. And then your brother was tweeting all sorts of cryptic stuff the other night. I think folks were in the right to speculate just a little bit. And that's not the fault of Bakhtiari. I'll defend him. Right, right, right. Right, Denny. Do you do you feel I'm gonna ask you point blank, do you feel that Bakhtiari <laughs> could be a, a cancer in the Packer locker room? No, I don't I don't think no. so. No. Okay. No, after listening well, I, to him talk today, not that I ever thought that in the first place, um, but no. Right. No, I don't think so at all. Wouldn't worry about it. And I just wanted to mention too, um Giannis sure is not really saying a lot of good things favoring the Bucks lately, has he? It's it's a little weird, isn't it, Denny? And Denny, I'm going to move along because I got to get a couple of people yep, in here yep, before the break. Yep. Appreciate you. Denny. It is it is very very weird. It is it is bizarre. And Denny, I I thank you for your call as always. I love when you call in. I think Giannis's comments might be more pointed at at teammates. I don't know. Just reading reading the tea leaves and and trying to interpret what he says. We all need to be all in, and we need to be trying 100. percent I tell you what, the Bucks can't spend much more money than they're spending, and they can't really trade any more than they've traded. Does that mean he, I don't know. As the season gets closer, we actually had Justin Garcia today reach out and ask me when the the NBA lounge opens for the first time in the year. That's a ways off, but we're thinking about it. It's on the horizon. It's on the radar. Chris is in Chippewa Falls, 608-321-1670. What's up, Chris? Not a whole lot, Grant. Hope your day is going well. You too. Thank you. Well, I'm getting ready to go to work, so it's not that great. But uh, Day's just getting started. So much promise. Look at it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, half full, half full. Yeah, um, I just had like two Green Bay Packer points I wanted to throw at you, and then I'll I'll take your comments so you can get on to other uh, callers. Yeah. Uh, the first one with the the Bakhtiari thing. Um, I tried to I, I follow you on Twitter, and I've been following all this back and forth stuff on about Bakhtiari, and everybody's like, oh, he's not playing. Why is he not playing? Because of the turf, and and. First of all, even if he did choose not to play on the turf, so what? Like, he's making a business decision. It's his body. He knows it, sure. you know, better than anybody else. And this has been an ongoing issue for him for, what, three years now? Like, so what? We'll watch the backup play. Like, I have no problems. If that, will, Even if that was the decision he made, then so be it. Like, that's on him. 
So you're oh. you're not that angry if he actively chose to sat out because he didn't want to risk further injury on turf. You're fine with that. Absolutely. All right. Like, um, I mean, again, it's like it's it's like it would be like someone coming into your business and being like, "Yo, man, you have to use equipment that's not safe," and and then you be be like, oh, "Okay, I'm going to do it," and then you get hurt. Well. Sure. No, I, 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 I kind of look at it that way. Um, <clears throat> I mean, and, and the, the fact of the matter is, if he is, if they were doing that, then, you know, the Packers organization ha- always has the ability to let him go or trade him. Like, yeah. it, it'll, so it, there's, there's actions and consequences. But if it's really just because of the need, then LaFleur should have just come out and said that we wouldn't have any of this issue. So. That's, I, I put most of this drama on the floor for just not being straightforward from the very beginning. No, I 100%. I think he allowed this to get a little bit out of control, and I don't blame that on, on David Bakhtiari at all. Not at all. And then the other point I wanted to make, so I, I put Sunday's loss squarely on the shoulders of the defense uh, and by proxy on the shoulders of Joe Barry, like, We've the Packers as a team have had consistently the same problems on defense since he took over, and we can't stop the run. We've been gashed year after year after year by the run, and the only thing you know, I'm not a football expert. I'm a fan first and foremost, but the only thing about the Atlanta Falcons offense that scared me. Was their running game coming into that? So don't you think you you prepare for that instead of letting a guy go for 124 on like what 14 touches? Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Um, it, and the thing is, is we have far too much talent on the defensive side of the ball to be having this talk every year about the defense. So either your guys aren't executing, or the scheme is wrong. Either way, that falls on coaching because if it's executing, then you're either not properly motivating or you're not holding guys accountable. You're not teaching things the right way. Sure, yeah, yeah, lots of ways to look at that. So, so, and it's very frustrating to to have the same problem year in, year out. Einstein once said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Facts. Correct. Yes. And Chris, I, I got to move along because I got to get to Eric yep, yep. and Cohen before we go. I'm going to keep talking about this, though. Appreciate the call. And yep. I love hearing from listeners from the Chippewa Valley, W-A-Y-Y. The Packers have a talented defense. They've invested a lot in it. Um, I think the Packers defense is is solid talent wise. I don't think they're elite. Uh, Rashawn Gary is not Micah Parsons or Miles Garrett. And Jair Alexander is very good. I don't know that he's a game wrecker on the level of, of Jalen Ramsey or some of the best corners or safeties that we've seen, you know, over the last eight, 10 years or, you know, when Jair's been in the league. I think this Packers defense has the talent to have some very good moments and then get run over a little bit like they did by a really good running back. So I, I don't know that I expect perfection. I don't expect an elite defense. I expect a, a pretty good defense that can have some great moments. And by and large, that's what we got against the Falcons. Now, they didn't they didn't turn some of those great moments into picks. If the offense just does a little bit more in the fourth quarter, the Packers win the game, and we're not talking about Joe Barry at all. They've invested a lot. 
they do have some talent, but I don't think they have as much talent. I don't think they have as much elite talent as sometimes we say. Does that make sense, Chris? Eric is on I-90, 608-321-1670. What's up, Eric? Eric charging down Interstate 90. I'm about to get back on I-90. Oh, that a boy. Oh, you're almost to the split. I love that. When you go left on 90 off of 94, you really feel like you're on the home stretch. No, I had to divert. I had to divert. I had to abort I-90. We got just north of Camp Douglas and a complete stop there. Complete stop. So I did a UE in one of those places. You're not supposed to do a UE. And I, I had all I could do to run with the traffic on the other side. Got back to Camp Douglas and am rolling. That a boy. Nothing um, stops this train. That's impressive, back. Eric. Right. Yeah. I did what I had to do to keep on moving. Well, what do you think of your Vikings? We're 0-2. They're a little banged up on the O-line. We're struggling a little bit. The Packers are 1-1. One one. What, what do you think of our little Packers-Vikings dynamic right now? Well, you know, the Vikings picked up uh, one offensive lineman this week. Dalton Reisner. Um, He's amped to be there, it looks like, too. He seems super excited. Well, I'm sure he is because he didn't have a job, and and, uh, you know, somebody gave him a call, right? So that is very I, I do love I employment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And now if we could find five more guys like that, because they can't be any worse than what we're putting on the field. Maybe O'Neal. That's the only guy that's really playing worth the crap. So if you guys think you got problems with one guy not being able to play, you should have five guys that are out there playing that can't play on turf. Yeah. So that's what we have going for us. You know, maybe what if I was Matt LaFleur, I might come out and say David Bakhtiari is going to be just like uh, Bob Uecker from now on, and he's only going to do home games every once in a while because Bob Uecker is so good when he announces a game that we're just going to have him around for that. That would be how I would answer gotcha. uh, everybody. That he's going to be like Bob. He's going to be like our old Bob Uecker. That would be a good plan, wouldn't it? Only play home games, take the turf games off. Yeah, I mean, it seems like Bakhtiari's going to need the occasional game off anyways. I mean, maybe he doesn't play a lot. Maybe he only plays two or three games this year. I don't know. But I think the best case scenario is he plays 13, 12, 11 games out of 17. And if he's going to miss games anyways and he needs occasional rest and maintenance, you might as well give him the turf games off, I guess. Sure. Well, yeah, right. I mean, I don't know. He's been... You know, it's, it happens. Uh, how many football players does this happen to? I know it, it hits home because it's David Bakhtiari, and he's your home team boy. But this happens all over the league, right? They get hurt, they can't play, they're done. That's kind of just how it is, right? I mean, we can. Somebody else is going to step up for the pack. The pack has got great offensive linemen, yeah. or a great offensive line program. They got a lot of pieces in the pipeline. Yeah, I agree with that. Right, and so they're going to have somebody step in. It's going to be just fine, and that's going to make for you guys to have a good season. I still think you guys are going to have a really good season. Should the Vikings uh, the Vikings tank to try to get a quarterback? Uh, I doubt it. I don't know. I don't know. You know, yesterday he said, what's their plan up there? It doesn't seem like there's any plan going forward. But, you know, I'm going to get in there, and I'm going to watch it on Sunday, and I'm going to enjoy myself. We might win. We might win. You never know. At least you're not the Bears. We're not the Bears, Eric. We have, we have that. So yesterday, you sounded like you might have to have another civics lesson on how rich people 
work in this country and how they get what they want. Okay. Then weren't you trying to explain it to everybody? Well, yeah, everyone gets mad when we have to commit taxpayer dollars to a stadium or to a, to a sports team. It's like, yeah, it's dumb. I don't like it, but it's the way the world works. I didn't make the rules. I'll bet you 50% of the people that are mad about the Milwaukee Brewers getting money from the state for the Milwaukee Brewers to play here, and they're going to play here, are not mad about Foxconn and that big mess that we created down there, and the taxpayers paid millions of dollars for something that never even happened. Well, that might be because they're not paying attention, because I feel like if folks did pay attention and actually followed along with that, they would be pissed. But that's kind of flown under the radar recently, I feel like. Right? So, I mean, yeah, the the brewers are going to get their money from the state, and just the way it goes. Just the way it goes. They're rich. We're not. That's the way it goes. Yep. Period. It's the way she goes. Well, I appreciate you, Eric. I gotta get to your counterpart cone roller before I take this last break. Oh yeah, you better get the cone. Talk to you later. Appreciate you, Eric. Drive safe. Whipping you, he's out on ninety four. Cone roller, and then we'll take our break. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. What's up, cone? Grant just made some avocado toast. Just a delicious midday snack. Nice, nice. I don't know. I love the avocado toast. I went with peanut butter bagel this morning. Kind of the same family, similar, but not quite. Yeah, you you have a little drier of a taste, so that makes sense to me. Um, but I think, you know, we all owe David Bakhtiari an apology. Yeah, I think so. After hearing his comments today, although I, I don't know, I don't think any of this is Bakhtiari's fault. I think the narrative started to run wild because Matt LaFleur wouldn't answer a straight up question. And then Bakhtiari's weird brother started tweeting weird stuff that didn't even make any sense. Right. And that and, you know, none of that is around David Bakhtiari and me included. There were a lot of people going at Bakhtiari after Sunday's game. So. You know, let me be the first to, to say, David, if you're listening, I know you're a big Wisco sports fan. Uh, fan. I'm sorry. Hand up. That's accountability, Cone. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, we started to get frustrated at something that we thought might have happened, which we do on sports radio all the time. That's not like this is not a, a high and mighty. We're not priests. We're not lawyers here. Like we're talking about sports. And, you know, sometimes we deal with hypotheticals like what if Bakhtiari sat out because of the turf? Because Matt LaFleur didn't tell us otherwise. And David Bakhtiari's brother's tweeting something weird. But his interview today, I, I empathize with him a lot because he knows that he's an amazing left tackle. And if his knee would allow him to play, he'd be out there as one of the best at his position every single week. Yeah, he just wants to play. And and you're right. This is all on LaFleur. He had the, he had a layup to basically just shut this whole story down, and he missed it. And this is not the first time we've seen something like this from LaFleur. He just sometimes messes up the littlest of things, and it's frustrating. I mean, obviously, this doesn't really have any ramifications to the play on the field, but it's the same kind of, like, category as all his time zone confusion. It's like, Matt, just figure it out and do your job. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I always bring up Craig Council. Craig Council gets asked repeat questions all the time, and he's like, you asked me this already? I'm going to give you the same answer because it's the only answer I can give. And if Matt LaFleur on Sunday would have said, his knee acted up, it sucks. We wanted to give him every moment to, to get back and to, and to be available Sunday. He tried it this morning, couldn't go, so he was inactive. Sorry, that's the reality. And we all would have said, all right, that sucks. That blows. But we wouldn't, we wouldn't start making conspiracy theories on it. It would have been done. It would have been over. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, LaFleur, stop 
trimming your eyebrows, stop shaving your beard, and just go out there and coach. Be a leader of men and all this background noise. You know, loose lips sink ships, Matt. Yeah. Get it together. Yeah. I, and I haven't, I haven't heard that one in a while. That caught me off guard. Uh, appreciate you, Cone. I got to take a break. Thank you for your perspective on this. Yeah, I know you're up against it. So, yeah, Grant, have a great show and looking forward to uh, JR Sports Brief, right? JR Radcliffe, the other JR, oh. the other one. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, can't wait. See yep. Kiss my ass. Thanks, Cone. Uh, let's take a break. JR Radcliffe going to join us in just a little bit. We'll talk more Bakhtiari, more Bears. David Gasper towards the end of the show as well. Not quite a loaded show, but uh, plump, uh, full. Not loaded. I reserve that word for only the, the fullest of shows. But this is, this is a pretty full show. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, rolling along. J.R. Radcliffe going to join us at 5 o'clock. Talk a little Brewers. David Gasper will be here just after 5.30. Check in with him, what he's writing about, what he's got cooking at reviewing the brew. Teams looking to go on a playoff run. I feel like as, as soon as the Cubs cooled off a little bit and it started to become clear and obvious that the Brewers were winning this division, we turned our eyes 100% back towards the Packers. We're like, we'll come back to the Brewers when, when we need to. Uh... <laughs> Last night I watched the Brewers because there was no football on. There was nothing else going on. And they fell behind 2-0 in the first inning because McGill was having a rough time out there. And I thought, you know, this is by no means a must win for the Brewers. But after getting ran by Adam Wainwright and the offense has been a little cold since Mark Canna's grand slam, like, can we let's, let's see some signs of life here. And I'm glad that we did last night. Uh, stringing a couple of doubles together and, and putting together a rally and, and coming back from a, an early 0-2 deficit. And I tweeted, I said, look, the Brewers can't win when their pitching is good. The, when Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodard for Freddie Peralta, when they look awesome, the Brewers can't win. So maybe an early two-run deficit behind Taylor McGill or Trevor McGill, Tyler McGill. Which one is it? The McGill. He throws 100. T. McGill. And then Colin Ray coming in. Colin Ray just continues to be Colin Ray. He has been all year, saw this tweet from Artie Tap last night. Artie Top. Artie Tap. <laughs> he says, since being brought back up when uh, Adrian Hauser got hurt, Colin Ray has been the definition of the boringly effective starting pitcher that the Brewers rode to success. Uh, four and two-thirds, two earned runs, six Ks. Let's see, four and a third, two earned runs, uh, six innings, or six Ks, excuse me. It's just four and two-thirds, four and a third, four and two-thirds, one run, two run, one run, two run. He's boring. He's effective. And I said a lot uh, later in the summer before football started when we were talking a lot of Brewers. I said all the time, Colin Ray is sneaky, been really good. He is never elite, but he's never awful. And the way the Brewers are constructed, I can get behind that. With a, with a very, very sturdy rotation around Colin Ray and with a good bullpen behind him, I'll take always good, never awful. Never great, but always good. I'll take that. Colin Ray showing it again last night, even though he didn't come in until the second inning. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Grant, it's Ed. What's going on, Ed? Having a good day? Hey, you man. hit the weights? Come on, you're hitting the gym today. Yeah. I know it. 
Yes, we did. Not a boy. Yes, we did. Not a boy. Gasper, he's bringing it every day. Well, that's the kind of guy he is. I mean, that's that's why we love having him on the show. That's why I love talking to you. You're just like him. Hey, man. It's two peas in a pod sometimes. We're just a few years apart. Do you, were you guys talking about Colin Ray at the gym today? No. Um, actually, I think I just said, hey, our uh, brothers pulled through last night. I'm tired of getting kicked around by the big brother because it seems like the Cardinals always seem to have our number once in a while. This year, maybe not. as Well, they kind of just kicked us around. I think they, did they do some damage on us before um, when was the last time we played him before those series? Yeah, months ago. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, Wainwright going seven scoreless is evidence of what you're saying. They look no further than that. Yeah. You know, I, I, they've always been like the thorn in our side at Bird Pants all the way back to La Russa era. I mean, come on. I mean, that was just the worst of the worst. I always had to go to go to Miller Park when it was Miller Park, and we had to we'd get kicked around by them. I got to say, I did sit at times. I got to sit by Cardinal fans. And they are the they are very insightful, and they're not homers. They 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 kind of call it like it is. If they suck, they'll tell you they suck. If they don't, they're you know they they know they're good. They had that swagger back then. This year, it's great to see them not have that swagger. Yeah, it's uh, been really refreshing. And speaking of swagger, I think this Brewer team shows that they have a swagger, and they're 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 not peaking in my view. They're just starting to uptick. And I hopefully they can carry that along and maybe not clinch too soon. I want to see him clinch a little later because I don't want them to kind of fall off like they did. I think what year was that? 18. Um, they kind of clinched really early and then they kind of squandered. It was against the Washington Nationals, if I recall. Um, they kind of squandered that yep. series. And so I kind of want, I don't want to repeat that. They got a lot of mojo going on this team. I love the. Um, moves that Arnold made this year, not very big on paper, but boy, when it comes to, I think when it comes to dugout, um, having chemistry and um, camaraderie, I think this team's really showing that they truly are in tune to each other and you can kind of see it. And I'm glad they got rid of the cheese head. I think um, they don't need to manufacture, um, you know, um, mojo. They, they already know they have it. And I think that's cool about this team. I want to just chime in on one thing about um, Bakhtiari. You know, um, they really need him. Now that we've lost another um, offensive lineman for a while um, due to someone stumbling and tripping and not taking out his offensive lineman. Um, A.J. Uh, Dillon. Uh, <clears throat> yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I just hope that Bakhtiari can play. I'll take an 80% Bakhtiari any day. And if he can't play on turf, I'm okay with it. He's making a lot of money. He, you got to get him on the field, and he is the best. He's one of the best linemen in NFL, you know, hands down. Um, but you know, that's my take. So yeah. you know, I might, I probably have people that disagree with me on that. You do, but you know, you got to get him on the field. Ed, you do have some people that disagree with you. I'm going to read you some tweets, but first, I'm going to let you go. Go, go, recover. Go get some chocolate milk. You worked out hard today. I'm going to have a pumpkin iced coffee. Ooh, a pumpkin spice <laughs> Ooh, that's great. Yes, with a little protein, of course. Well, of, co- well, of course, Ed. Appreciate you. Thanks for the call. All right. Take care, everyone. All right. Bye. <laughs> that's Ed Madison. Uh, who was it earlier? Was it Chris in Chippewa Falls who said, hey, if he doesn't want to play on turf, it's fine? And Ed kind of echoing that. Jacob says, what's his caller talking about? So Debach is allowed to sit out because turf is unsafe. What about the playoffs or the Super Bowl on those fields? Is he really going to sit out? 
I get your frustration, but also it's not the playoffs or the Super Bowl, so I guess that would be a cross that bridge when we get there type of situation. Chris in Eau Claire, Eau Claire Chris says, PSA, Chris and Chipwood does not speak for all Chris's in the Chippewa Valley. Bakhtiari should play or trade. The defense dropped two picks and the offense failed in the second half, not all on Barry. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Look, if Bakhtiari can only play 12 of the 17 games and he's going to need routine time off and they can make that time off fall during games that are played on turf, all right, great. I'd be a little difficult, I think, to intentionally do that. I I don't know if the knee is that predictable, and I don't know if that's something that's that controllable, but we'll see. We have two games to sample. I need a little bit more. I need need a larger sample to to know exactly what kind of Bakhtiari we're getting or how often we're getting Bakhtiari this year. Let's take a three-minute break, come back, wrap up hour number one of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Fun show so far. Good calls. Ed Madison, Cone. You got Chris and Chippewa Falls, Denny and Holman. Denny and Holman. He's making his mark. Watch out. Denny and Holman's coming. Eric on I-90 before 5 o'clock. That's a privilege as well. That's a treat. That's like breakfast for dinner. Eric on I-90 before 5 o'clock. That's a real treat. Coming up, J.R. Radcliffe, Journal Sentinel. I'm going to have to shut the phone down for a little while because we're going to talk to some experts, okay? J.R. Radcliffe, who's the trending sports reporter for the Journal Sentinel. He's pretty hip. He's pretty cool. Uh, And he also covers the Brewers as well. So we're going to talk about some Brewers things, playoff run, the personality of the team, uh, Craig Council's future, the stadium, a beer district, all that stuff. We're going to talk about all that coming up in a few. David Gasper reviewing the brew will join us as well. 530 Ed Madison's weightlifting partner. I didn't take Ed for a pumpkin spice man. So that's my first question for Gasper when we talk to him coming up in just a bit. Ed's a pumpkin man. A Starbucks man, a pumpkin spice man. Interesting. All right. So we'll ask Gasper about that coming up. Remember the Bill Michaels huddle in an hour. And we're going to hear audio from today's media availabilities. We'll hear from Mike Clemens. So the show does not stop at six o'clock tonight. Oh, no, 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 no. We're going until eight. Bill Michaels will join the, well, he'll take over. He's not going to join. You get my point. Hour two Wisco Sports Show next. have a 12-point lead in the second half and you don't make the plays and don't play complimentary football, uh, disappointed. you got to give credit to Atlanta. They battled uh, and did a better job than us, obviously. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Second hour of the show, dare I say. We're going to talk with J.R. Radcliffe in just a minute or two here. David Gasper will join us in a half hour. Bill Michaels will take over at 6 o'clock, the Bill Michaels huddle. You'll hear directly from David Bakhtiari what he told reporters today. From Matt LaFleur, Mike Clemens, and of course, Bill and I will make our picks towards the end of the show. So a lot of football talk to come in the next hour or two or three But I do want to work in the Brewers because I feel like we've underserved the Brewers a little bit the last few weeks as the Packers have taken a lot of our attention. The Brewers have taken care of their business and they've been winning and they've just been doing what they've been doing all summer. Just winning series, winning two or three, 
slowly but surely adding a, a another game or two to their lead in the division. It's never been sexy. It's never been super exciting, except for that one winning streak they went on. The Brewers have just taken care of business this year. And in the last couple of weeks, I think we've underserved them a little bit. So Brewers closing in on a playoff spot for, what, the fifth time in the last six years? J.R. Radcliffe, I talked to him earlier this afternoon. Here's our conversation. J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter. He's where the news is. He talks about and writes about what is hot and what people want to hear about. And, of course, you're all over the Brewers and always writing interesting Brewer stories as well. J.R., what's new? How are you? I, I am quite good. It's, uh, what, where are we at? We're in the middle of the week, Wednesday. A lot, uh, lot going on for my schedule today, but but no, very good stuff for the uh, the Milwaukee Brewers have won on Tuesday, so they had lost two previous games, so it was panic mode, and now we're back to not panicking mode. They'll, if they lose tonight, it's back to panicking mode, so it's just a matter of, of keeping the toggle switch ready to go. That's all. That's where we're at. It's funny because ever since the Brewers got a little breathing room against the Cubs and the Cubs kind of cooled off, I feel like we kind of put the Brewers on the back shelf and we're in Packers mode. Unless the Brewers start losing a lot and then we start focusing on them again. <laughs> so it's really a no-win proposition for the Brewers right now until the season is over, which is kind of a weird dynamic. I did feel Packers had that opener against the Bears and one of the craziest games of the year, if not the craziest game of the year, was going on kind of under the cover of darkness because no one was watching the Brewers. But I'm just like, does anyone realize there's 10 and a third no-hit innings over here on the other channel? How is no one focused on this and there's no offense? And then Sunday again, when the as the Packers are losing to the Falcons, another another really kind of crazy loss, uh, extra inning loss for the Brewers. So I think they've gotten away with sliding a couple games there under under the line where people weren't paying attention. But yes, if, God forbid, they lose two or three in a row, uh, everyone starts panicking. Do you remember 2021 when they had like a crazy lead in the division yep. and then they started to lose and, and the Cardinals won like 18 games in a row, literally, yeah. and everyone was really panicking, like they're going to lose the division and then they still won by like seven or eight games. It was still very lopsided in the end. Brewers fans are most comfortable, I think, sometimes when we're uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah, we, yeah. we need to be worried about something. Like, mm -hmm. up until a week ago, the, the uh, Cardinals were not eliminated from the division race. or <laughs> Like, they hadn't even guaranteed a losing record. And I saw all these tweets. It's like, and with that, the Cardinals are eliminated. I'm like, man, I haven't thought about the Cardinals in a month Same. or two. Um, I, can I go back to the no-hitter really quickly? Because that might be the most insane game that a lot of folks won't remember. Yeah. Like, I remember... The, the the most uh, the oldest most specific game I can remember for no reason was Giovanni Gallardo and Chris Carpenter in St. Louis. I think it was Memorial Day. It had to be in the mid two thousands where they dueled into the ninth, and then Bill Hall had a walk off in the tenth. I don't know why I remember it. It's it was an awesome game, and I remember where I was. Sunday's game from from week one when the Packers were playing the Bears might have been the most insane game of baseball ever, and I think for the most part it's it's going to be forgotten about. I agree. No one will ever talk about it. There are only four games in Major League Baseball history, and a couple of them are, couple three of them I think are much much older, uh, where a no hitter was taken this deep into the game. Like this was legitimately something that maybe we would never have seen before if they could have finished off mm -hmm. that eleventh. You know, if Joel Payam gets two more outs. In the eleventh, the Brewers win one nothing, and we know, it's it's history, like Major League Baseball history. You have to go back to Harvey Haddock's in nineteen fifty nine, who took that no hitter into the perfect game into the thirteenth inning. Like we're talking about that heady of territory, and again, like you said, because it happened to be played during the season opener of the Packers. I wonder, like I should do a list of the great Brewers games that have been completely erased from memory because the Packers were playing that day. Uh, yeah. There, there are definitely a few out there. It's it's a pretty it'd be a pretty funny list, I think. That that would be a really good story. Part of me on that Sunday almost didn't want the no hitter to be completed. And I, I did like, of course I wanted them to throw a no hitter, but 
but the other half of me was like, I've wanted my whole life to see a no-hitter. I've seen <laughs> no-name pitchers on random, terrible teams have no-hitters, and it's a cool moment for the fan base, right? And yeah. I'm like, you're telling me the first, like, comprehensive no-hitter, because I think Burns would have came back out if the Brewers had a lead. I think Council would have let him. You're telling me the first time in my life this is going to happen, it's going to happen right now, and it's going to happen on my second TV, <laughs> and it's begrudgingly on my second TV. I'd rather have football, but the Brewers were forcing me to watch. Like, I was almost upset that they were that close to doing something historical. The Brewers do run into this every year, at least when the playoffs start. It's random times in the middle of week weekdays, and uh, and the Packers are going to be less of an issue, I think, at that point for, for, Brewers, for Brewers watching, but... Uh, it's just par for the course. It's what you face when you are when you are in a NFL market. You sacrifice your Sundays in September. That's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. And especially early on the season, before everything mm-hmm. kind of settles in, when when football is still brand new and shiny, oh, yeah. it feels like you can't miss a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you uh, a couple questions about. We fought a war on Twitter yesterday. Oh, like, I had we? two coworkers ask me today, like, "What was going on yesterday?" <laughs> it was like the infrastructure, urbanist Milwaukee Twitter colliding with brewers twitter combining with like state budget and tax dollar twitter and it all came together and it was it was brutal yesterday talking about a beer district and public transportation and you know how much funds the brewers actually contribute back into milwaukee county which is the county that's on the hook for all of this is this something that you follow and see a lot on social media the ideas on how to improve the ballpark or how to change things rather than just you know, here brewers take this money and we'll talk about this again in 25 years. Like how in the weeds are you on, on some of these groups and and what they're looking for? I I wouldn't say I'm deeply in the weeds. I I think for the, for the general public, this is not an ongoing discussion. It's more of a, maybe you revisit it every year. You revisit it when there is a stadium financing issue that comes up, like could a beer district be part of that? And could they finally build up that area of the Menominee Valley and, you know, do, do they need that much parking lot space? I mean, I, I don't know if those questions are ever really answered definitively. I think it's I, I do kind of file it under the if, you know, if that would have, you know, if that worked, they would have done it already. I, I don't think that's that's very simplistic and I don't think it's quite that obvious. But I, I do think it's it's a, the stadium's in a weird location. It's it's unlike a lot of places. You know, most most stadiums are downtown. They're they're downtown or in some sort of pre-existing district area, you know, like Wrigleyville where yep. the stadium and, and the and the surrounding community have kind of just gelled together. The, this stadium is not like that. It is it is in its own sphere, and uh, and that's always been a little bit difficult to work with. You know, do you – it's a good question. Do people go to games and then spend money in other places? I mean, sure, of course they spend some, but they also have to get to their car to go to the next place. So once you're in your car, do you just go home or back to the hotel or back across state lines? Like, do you really go to a second location and spend more money – and I think that's a fair question, and I don't know if there's a good answer to that, or, or at least the, the answer is probably not enough to, to to tell everybody that this is a huge financial boon for the city of Milwaukee, the county of Milwaukee. It's it's very complicated and messy, and you know, I think I think ultimately stadium financing has been shown to be a bad deal kind of any way you slice it. It's just, it's also how you keep pro stadiums, how pro sports teams in your community, like definitively without without any threats of them moving or anything like that. So it's it's sports fans are going to want to keep it. People who don't have any connection to sports are obviously not going to want to keep it. There is a lot of muddy middle, muddy middle ground, but it's it, it's very complicated. It's very gross. It's kind of not great to even think about because ultimately you start feeling bad for being a sports fan and wanting pro sports in town because it is, yeah. it is there's just a really gross underbelly to all of it. Well, yeah, and I, I talk about it on my show when I take calls or when I take tweets. It's like, well, why does a, a multi, 
I, I don't know what the label is for someone who's worth hundreds of millions. Why why does a hundred millionaire, you know, for example, have to rely on on handouts from taxpayers? And it's a great point. But that's the way the world works, mm-hmm. right? That's how the system is set up. And I, I never really have a good answer for people other than I, I don't know. I don't make the rules. So if you want to keep the brewers or you want to keep your team, that's kind of how it works. It's dumb. It's not necessarily fair, but that's the way this yeah. is set up. I think the location of the park is a really interesting conversation because it's just far enough from downtown where it's not connected, but it's close enough to downtown where I don't know if it makes sense to like try to build a second downtown right yeah. there. Like the Atlanta Braves, everyone wants to use that as a comparison. They're way out there. Yeah, they're in another like, they're, part of the world. They're out in the burbs. So you can build a, a district around that and it's its own thing. We are going there today. We're going out there. We're setting up shop there for the day. The Brewer Stadium is too close and too far it's this awkward middle ground, and I, I just don't know if there's anything you can do around it. I don't know. Yeah, and, I mean, it's been there for years and years, and, and it was County Stadium before, obviously. Same same plot of land, and obviously different economic situations back in the 50s, you know, 70s, 80s, yeah. 90s, but, like, it, it, it never it never made sense then, especially at the expense of tailgating, which is kind of seen as this, this Wisconsin rite of passage, and it's very difficult to start a conversation that includes – possibly cutting into the tailgating aspect people bristle against that very quickly and uh even though i don't know a whole separate can of worms but once you once you start cutting into that you uh, you lose a lot of people and uh and and yeah there i i i don't think it's going to work like that there i don't think they can build up there or they would have done it by now so it's it's yeah. i don't know a lot of a lot of economic stuff that's also over my head so i, I maybe i'm speaking a little out of school on that Oh, it's all over my head. I speak out of school for, for two hours every night. It's J.R. Radcliffe from the Journal Sentinel and, you know, Beer District and all, the, all these different things. It's fun to argue about. Well, honestly, it wasn't fun to argue about on Twitter. It got old by the end of the day, but it started fun, and then, you know, it, it turned into a mess. The actual team, we're coming down the stretch. I just want to make sure we appreciate that we could be playing out the final weeks of Craig Council as mm. Brewers manager. Is that something that you guys talk about in the newsroom and, and you and Kurt, is that something that's followed or is that forgotten about? Do you think? I, I mean, I keep trying to bring it up to people all the time because I, I feel like people don't understand, maybe more so in the second half of the year, that we really are probably heading to the end here. And it's, it's, it's in Craig Council's hands. It's ultimately going to come down to his own whims and what does he want to do? Does he decide at the end of the year, you know, I still do want to be involved with this or not? I don't personally think he's like taking another job with the New York Mets. I don't think that's going to happen. I could be wrong. That's just not that's not the vibe that I'm getting here. I'm, I'm legitimately getting a Craig Council is just kind of ready for a break. And, you know, there's a lot of front office jobs. If you want to call them cushy, you can. But I mean, that that's where he was before. I think that would be a natural fit next year, the year after, whenever he decides he wants to get back into it. I think he can be around baseball in the Milwaukee Brewers organization as long as he wants, pretty much. Yeah. And and yeah, this this could be this could be it for him. I mean, that's that's going to be a big loss. I, I don't have like the first clue who they'd be looking for as a possible replacement. I don't know if the organization has an obvious fit right right away off the top of my head. So it's it could be a pretty uncertain off season. It could be a really interesting development. And and yeah, I don't think people are fully appreciating it yet. I still think when it if it happens in the off season. People are going to be like, oh, my gosh, Craig Council stepping aside. It's going to be met with the same shock that when David Stern stepped aside last offseason, that did catch people off guard. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think this should. But then again, you know, it's I think there's just an assumption that all's, all it's going well. Why would why would he want to walk away from that? And I think that's a fair question. But I, I just feel like that's what's going to happen. I would tend to agree. And that's what's been reported. 
right? It, it's not complete conjecture. Like when you have national right. baseball writers who are tweeting and, and writing things like it's expected that he's going to step away. It's expected that this th- this is seen as the expectation. And I think if he returns, it'll be a surprise. But, you know, for a lot of Brewers fans, we're not maybe fully grasping it. What's the vibe like? This is such a generic question, but I feel like every playoff team, Brewers playoff team in my lifetime has had a very distinct personality, right? Whether it's been a celebration that they do or a phrase that's written on a banner or on a T-shirt, maybe it's that the team has made the playoffs now enough four of the last five or five of the last six years where it's starting to feel normal that they're in the playoffs. Does this team have a different personality? I I, I guess I, this doesn't feel like a playoff team as dumb as that (laughs) sounds. Maybe I'm not paying attention enough. Maybe I'm not looking at it correctly, but it doesn't seem like they have a specific personality that defines them relative to other Brewers playoff teams. I think Willie Adamas is, is that guy to some extent, but I, I think what you're sort of describing goes hand in hand with just how this team is built. It's, it's not full of mashers. There aren't home run hitters, which, you know, you saw Mark Hanna's grand slam and how one home run can completely define a game, completely define an atmosphere. You don't have a lot of those moments because if the Brewers are scoring, they're doing kind of what they did Tuesday night where they just had four doubles in a row or a few sh- few singles drop in. And then their pitchers who are only out there every five days and whose success is based on accumulated stuff and not necessarily because of moments you know, they're the guys who are carrying this team. So I think that's where you might lose a little bit of that, like, central identity. I do. I, I, the Brewers tried to build it up around the, the freshmen, the uh, the rookies at the beginning of the year. The fact yeah. that those guys are not their offensive stars, I think, probably made that a tougher sell as the season went on. But it is like Willie Adamas is kind of the centerpiece, though. When he hits, this Brewers team hits very well. He is kind of... Yes, I don't know, connective glue or just just the guy with the most capable. I don't know. But when he's hitting, this team actually feels dangerous when he's scuffling, which is a lot this year, although he's had periods where he's done very well. It it feels like that's what the offense is doing as well. So he's kind of he's he's certainly the emotional center. He is a fun loving, easy to root for guy. He is great with the media, you know, take it or leave, whatever that means. But like he is great with us. He seems genuinely to love every day being at the ballpark. And I do think that shows and when he's hitting, I think this team is actually really, really dangerous. Yeah, I think the the personality center of the team being Willie Thomas, you're 100% right. He hasn't had a great year, and I think maybe that's kept the tone more yeah, maybe for stretches. I also think you talked about the way the team is built. They are not the Reds or even the Cubs in that four guys are going to start hitting home runs, and they're going to go on a tear where they win 10 in a row, right? And, and I know the Brewers at one point won nine or 10 in a row, but the majority of the season, the Brewers just kind of plot along. And it's almost like they, they punch a time clock. They're a nine to five team. They check in and they win two of three and they just slowly but surely over the season have won more games than they've lost. So that the Brewers at their best haven't looked as good as other teams at their best, but their floor is just so high. And that it's not that that doesn't make them a compelling team. It doesn't, you know, compare to like team streak or, or these red, hot, oh, right. really loud, bombastic teams. Maybe yeah, that's what that's completely right. You know, when they were 20 games over 500, I couldn't believe it. I thought I had a math error. Like they can't right. be 20 games over 500. What has this team done to let you know that they are that good? Uh, right. But you're right. You're right about the floor, though. I mean, that's that's winning close games, which they've done a lot of, although not lately, but but mostly it's just never seemingly getting down when they lose three in a row and then bouncing back. I mean, they, they've played very well on the road when, when no one's at home to see it and they, they're okay at home, but 20 games over 500 is not something you could have told me at any month this season that that was going to happen to this Milwaukee Brewers team. And yet here they are. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like I've been really wrong about them. I, at one point in May or June was like, this is, this team's going to have a losing record. Their offense just isn't good enough. 
and pff, the offense isn't much better. I was just super wrong that they are, with the defense and pitching, that good, that capable of uh, carrying this team along. Well, if you just sat someone down and made them watch for one night, chances are they would come away with the conclusion that this is an average team. Or oh, a worst yeah. Team. Like, you could show someone a Brewer game and then at the end tell them, yeah, this team's running away with their division. Be yeah. Like, huh? This team... This team just will let Adam Wainwright go. I know, with his 85-mile-an-hour lollipop curveballs. So frustrating, right? But then they follow it up after three lousy innings against a a lefty rookie, and then they pound him. You know, like, that is is the Brewers' experience in a nutshell. 1-0 loss, 2-1 loss, score nine runs and win the game. You know, there's this weird disparity between runs and, and wins and losses. I mean, obviously, there's always a little bit for any team. But for the Brewers, it's a really stark contrast. It's very strange. Going into the win the other night, I think Kurt tweeted that not counting extras, they had given up like four runs in their last four losses combined. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the? It's just a bizarre <laughs> team. It's a bizarre team, but you know what? I, I, I don't mean to rip them, and I don't mean to fault them for not being exciting enough. They'd be like, well, sorry, you're a Brewers fan, and we're getting in the playoffs, <laughs> I guess. Like, yeah. beggars can't be choosers. So I, 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 I shouldn't speak this way about them, but I, I think it just speaks to the personality of each individual team, and this is an interesting, unique one. So yeah, it's sure. a fun conversation. JR, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Absolutely, Love man. Work. Anytime. Love talking to you. Thanks. Thanks again. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you listening. David Gasper reviewing the brew. Going to join us here in about 10 minutes. Looking forward to chatting with him. Get a vibe from the clubhouse. Talk about some more of the on the field things going on with the Brewers. They won last night. Four straight doubles. And the Cardinals right fielder, uh, their, their top prospect, whose name I can't remember, made one of the funnier diving attempts to catch a line drive that you will ever see. It caught Jeff Levering by surprise you can tell on the call he's like and what he had to stutter for a sec what was that the right fielder and uh it was jordan walker jordan walker i believe is his name uh running for the ball and i think if he just runs and keeps running he catches the ball but he dove and he dove way too early and it's really ugly that was sal Freelix double it was either the third or the fourth brewers double in a row so we'll talk about that with david gasper just a couple minutes do you want to talk about what was going on with the bears today We talked about this on Bill's show earlier today. I said, Bill, it's just one story after another coming out of Chicago. Dan Wiederer of the Chicago Tribune. Three bullet points that he tweeted earlier. This is from around noon today. Bears left tackle Braxton Jones is headed to IR with a neck injury. It could potentially be season ending. The Bears would like to keep Darnell right where he is, but are having discussions on whether to move him to left tackle. So bad thing, number one, their left tackle's out for the year with a neck injury. Who knows how he's going to recover from that? Right, that's obviously crummy news. And that forces them to take Darnell Wright, who's the rookie. They don't want to ask him to do too much, but now they're getting, they might have to ask him to move around. Okay, so that's thing number one. Thing number two, the Allen Williams situation continues to get more mysterious. Allen Williams, their defensive coordinator. With Matt Eberflus declining to give an update or clarity on any part of it, including whether Williams, whether or not Williams is still employed as defensive coordinator. Then there were accounts of Alan Williams perhaps doing something wrong, something very wrong. There were accounts with blue check marks, uh, podcasters, kind of fringe insider-looking people on Twitter who were tweeting that the FBI had raided the home of Alan Williams and Hallis Hall and the Bears facility 
and that Peanut Tillman was involved. And I, for one, I don't understand how these these pieces of misinformation started to run wild and people ran with it. I mean, after all, it's like it's not like you can just buy a blue check mark. I don't I don't know how that misinformation would have gotten spread. The Bears then came out and said that Alan Williams has resigned. And his statement said it's to focus on his health and focus on his family. And then we learned that the police were not involved. Peanut Tillman was not involved. This looked like misinformation. Brad Biggs, who covers the Brewers, or the Brewers, the Bears for the score in Chicago, tweeted this about two hours ago. After we learned that, oh, it looked like the police weren't involved. It looked like some of these these theories weren't true. Brad Biggs tweeted this. Lots of speculation about the status of Bears defensive coordinator Alan Williams. I can tell you for the last three days, we've been operating under the belief that his absence has not been related to a health or family matter. This is bizarre. And I selfishly really want to know what it is. <laughs> but it it might be a story where... I don't know. Privacy is important to those involved. I don't know. Wild story today. And again, I don't know how how, the misinformation and the fake stories, I don't know how they started spreading so much. After all, we have blue check marks to to combat these things. For the life of me, don't understand how that that happened. Hmm, Interesting. 608-321-1670. It's take a call or two before we get to David Gasper. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Clem Head Mike. Clem Head Mike, you son of a gun. What's going on? Well, I was just glad to hear another Chippewalsian or Chippewalsite or whatever you want to call us call in today, Chris. Hey, Chris. Um, that was nice. Yeah, it's nice. You got your own little community up there. Chippewa Valley's taken over, man. We rule. It is. Well, I agree. That's home for me. I agree. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the Stone the Box Jerry stuff was a little odd. And if that before, just that, yeah, his knee's hurting him. He can't do it 100% today, and we're going to keep him out of the game because we want to save his knee from further injury. It's done. Yeah. So there you go. And then we don't think about it. We don't talk about it again. We might be frustrated that he can't play, but I don't think anyone's mad at Bakhtiari or thinking that he's, he's sandbagging his team. He's mad. I mean, I think from last year, you gave Matt LaFleur some good advice. I'm sure he listens to the show. Um, Correct. (laughs) I'm sure he does. Uh, Go up to the snowmobile bar, have a few beers, Get mouthy and get punched in the nose a couple times, mm-hmm. and you'll come back a tougher and better man. Come on. I just don't <laughs> understand why he's so bent out of shape that the media is asking him what's going on with Bakhtiari. He's making, uh, I don't know how many, dozens of millions of dollars a year. He is right. the, one of the best left tackles of football, and he's not playing. And we don't yeah. get anything about him during the week because he doesn't practice. They're going to ask, Matt. Just give him a straight-up answer. It doesn't have to be a thing. Matt should consider himself fortunate. He's in a very friendly environment in Green Bay. Most of the sports writers in Green Bay are on his side. You know they are. Guys like Mike Clemens, they're not going to ask, you know, backhanded questions. They're not going to try to trap him. He's gonna, he can just give an honest answer, and it'll be, okay, we got, we believe you. Until proven otherwise, we believe you. So, no, I don't know what the heck he was thinking, but uh, I don't know. It's, just, it's bizarre. But, yeah. Hey, you just mentioned that uh, diving catch by the uh, by that um, Cardinal. I think it was Jordan Walker. I, I, I could be wrong, but I think it was Jordan yeah, Walker. I, I watched the highlights. I, you know, I don't have cable, of course, but um, I watched the highlights, and I he dove. I said, "Oh my God!" I've been watching baseball since the '60s. I I remember watching the Braves, the Milwaukee Braves. I don't think I've ever seen a ball in this play that badly before. That was, it was pretty. That it was pretty funny. Was <laughs> it was funny. 
It was pretty funny. I think he just could have kept running and caught it on the run, and he chose to dive, but it was mistimed. It was one of the funnier visual plays that I've seen, just looking at it and laugh. Yeah, I didn't, uh, yeah, like I said, I've been around for, I actually, I'll have to admit, I actually watched Mickey Mantle play on TV once, so, yeah, I'm I'm old. I'm so old, I have an autographed Bible. I swear to God, I, um, um, yeah, Anyway, I just enjoyed your your interview. Was it? You really know how to lead an interview, right? Right where you needed to go. It's a uh, pretty impressive. Well, for someone I, so young, you are you are the man, Grant. Jr. is pretty bright. I love Jr. Um, I didn't really know exactly what we were going to get into, but just a bunch of random different Brewers things. I love random Brewers things. That's what the show could be called. So just random Brewer things. Yeah. Um, also, I met a nice guy. There's a nice guy on the live stream today. His name's Jeff. Yep. He says he listens to your show every day. And he said, yeah, he's heard me many times. I said, my name is Clem Head Mike on Grant's show. He said, oh, I hear you all the time. I enjoy listening to you. I said, call in. Just yeah. don't be afraid to call in. And my first call to your show was a complete disaster. I sounded like a bumbling idiot, and maybe I still do, but that first call was, was horrid. And uh, I think smooth out a little experience. You know, like you're, it, when you're a caller, when you're a rookie caller, you make some mistakes, and you go back and look at the tape and figure it out. Yeah, you great. You grind the all 22, you watch the film. That's funny. Yeah, Art, you're not wrong about the, the Chippewa Valley callers. We get a lot of WAYY listeners chiming in, which is um, which is fun. I like that. That's where I'm from, so that's that's cool. I appreciate yeah. it. And I appreciate we you, Mike. Going, yeah, and we might be going to Ted's this Saturday, so I'll be thinking of you. Oh. We're in the Grant booth. Get a Euro plate to go with your pizza. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had a – how is it pronounced? Uh Gyro, gyro Euro. Yeah. I say Euro. Enough people say Gyro. I feel like it's fine either I, way. I never said Gyro. I said Hero. And uh, oh, like uh, yeah, I had one for the first time ever a couple weeks ago, and oh boy, was that good. They're a treat. My, They're pretty simple. No nonsense. They just bring it out on a plate. <laughs> they don't put any extra crap. It's like here's your meat, your bread, your sauce. You get some fries yeah. with it, maybe. That's it. It's great. And uh, yeah, I had fries, and my wife and my son had pizza. So after I finished my Hero, I. Uh, I had some pizza, so I got the best of both worlds there. And they have so much meat, I couldn't close the bun. I had to eat with pork. That a boy. So, I don't really do it. Highly recommend it, everybody in Chippewa Valley. It's 36 miles from my house, but even if it was twice that, I'd go anyway. So get out there. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Mike. i got to get to gas first. Yeah. Nice to hear from you. Thanks, Grant. Yeah. Okay, bye. Have a good one. I'm glad you enjoyed your Tyler Hero at Ted's Pizza Palace in downtown Menominee. I love it. I love that Mike loves that place. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll come back at Gasper on the Horn Talk Brewers. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, Bill Michaels Huddle coming up in about 20 minutes. Mike Clemens is going to be in there. You're going to hear from David Bakhtiari, who spoke to the media this afternoon. I'd play you that audio. Uh, but I don't have a free 45 minutes to sit down and bleep out all the F-bombs. So we're going we're gonna to get that part of the next show. If you do not have the Bill Michaels Huddle on your local affiliate, if it's not a part of your programming, well, then you can listen on stream, madcitysportszone.com, or download the Zone Madison app. Uh, and, of course, you can watch on YouTube and on Facebook, just like you do Bill's normal show throughout the day, 10 to 2, live streams in the same spot. Let's talk with our friend David Gasper reviewing The Brew our credentialed voice, our man in the clubhouse, David Gasper. How are you today? I'm doing good, Grant. How are you doing? I'm doing outstanding. I heard from your friend, Ed and Madison, earlier in the show. He's just Ed yeah. to you, but on the show, he's Ed and Madison. Uh, and he said, you guys got a good lift in today? Was he correct about that? Was the lift good? 
Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty good. It was a little uh, briefer uh, for me, uh, oh. but uh, we were able to to get a good workout in. Yeah. All right. So then I I, I said, Ed, you go get a, a recovery drink. You go get a chocolate milk. You know, something Gatorade. And he says, Oh no mm-hmm. no no, Grant. For me, pumpkin spice from Starbucks or whatever tonight. And I I wouldn't have guessed in a million years that Ed is a pumpkin spice guy. That took me a little aback, Gasper. Right? Maybe I don't know Ed as well as I thought I did because that was surprising to me. Well, neither do I, because I did not know he was a pumpkin spice guy. <laughs> oh, man. It's just another layer with this guy every time I talk to him. Interesting. Yeah, well, I know. I'm glad your workout was good. The Brewers game last night was good. That felt like kind of a sneaky, important win. I needed to get off of the Adam Wainwright mat that we fell onto on Monday night. So to see all those doubles strung together and to just see the offense wake up a little bit, because it had been pretty quiet ever since that Mark Canagran slam. I felt like last night wasn't a must win. It wasn't an end-all, be-all, but it did feel kind of important. Did you feel the same way? Yeah, it, it, it did, especially after the back-to-back losses to, to the corpse of Adam Wainwright um, and whatever's left of Patrick Corbin uh, on Sunday for the Nationals. They weren't able to do much against him either, and he's been terrible uh, all year and, and for the past couple of years. So, yeah, it was good to kind of kind of get off that and, and get things going again offensively and, and putting some runs up on the board four straight doubles, uh, things like that. So it's good to, to see them back in the win column um, and just kind of get themselves right. And that's really kind of what we've seen with this team. I mean, they don't really have too much in the way of extended losing streaks. Yep. You know, they may have uh, you know two or three games where they just kind of look uh, out of it, but they're able to correct themselves pretty quickly and, and get back uh, with a win. So, you know, th- that's where this team really, I think, kind of thrives. They don't let themselves uh, stay down for too long. They've got a good mindset. And, and that's just kind of where, where the clubhouse culture and uh, everything really kind of comes into play, especially this late in the season. Yeah, this is a team that's never been as sexy. Like the Reds at their best, way sexier than the Brewers at their best, mm-hmm. right? Like some of these teams, they have a higher end, they have a higher ceiling, but they can't sustain it. The Brewers, yeah, their ceiling is not as high as some of these other sexier, sleeker teams, but their floor is so high. And that's why, even though they played plenty of stretches of mid-average, boring baseball, they're still running away with this division. Part of that, Gasper, we should probably give Colin Ray some love because he was up here mm-hmm. for a long time. Brandon Woodruff was down. Colin Ray just handled his business. He was never amazing, but he was never awful. The Brewers could count on him to eat some innings and save the bullpen. And since now replacing Adrian Hauser, he's been the same old Colin Ray we got used to this year. This guy has been a really sneaky, quiet, unheralded, important piece for this team this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Trevor McGill, you know, as the opener last night, gave up a couple of runs, and all of a sudden, okay, the Brewers are down early, and this is kind of a, a tough situation to get yourself out of. Uh, but the offense was able to come alive. Then Colin Ray was able to to keep the Cardinals at bay. All he gave up really was was a solo home run that just barely snuck out on the short corner that they have down there at Bush Stadium. That's not really a homer in most ballparks. So really, yeah, Colin Ray did a did an exceptional job and, and kept the Cardinals at bay and just kind of had a typical Colin Ray outing and and ate some innings. And and that's kind of what you need to get yourself through the course of a regular season. And he's, he's done that uh, very well this year. So we're not going to see Colin Ray much in the playoffs. I don't think, Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but he's helped put the Brewers in, in a good spot. And, 
get them back on track after those last couple of losses. If uh, if this was 2018, then maybe we'd see a little bit of Colin Ray. They were eating innings with Colin Ray-type pitchers in 2018, and, and those pitchers were pitching very well, don't get me wrong, in 2018, but... Uh, the team looks a little bit different now. Uh, by the way, on last night's game, before we move on, was that Jordan Walker dive on the Sal Freelick double not one of the most visually funny baseball plays you've ever seen? Oh, yes. That, that was definitely up there diving so early. Although Marcelo Zuna, also for the, yeah. for the Cardinals, a couple of years ago, jumping up on the wall and, and the ball didn't even come close to it. Uh, that may have been a little bit funnier, uh, but... <laughs> It was certainly up there, John. I don't know what Jordan Walker was was thinking or doing on that one. He wasn't even close. He had a bad read. Levering was surprised, too. If you go back and listen to the call, he's like, ah, he had to hesitate for a second, think about what he was going to say because it was just such a bizarre play. But Yeah, he, he was ready to call a, a diving catch, and it, yeah. it was just so so not even close. It's like, oh, we've got to get a change at the last second. Oh. Uh, no, this is not an amazing diving catch. This is uh, embarrassing and, and a double. What have you thought? of the Andrew Monasterio, Josh Donaldson platoon thing at third base. One hits for average, one hits for power. Josh Donaldson sucks at everything else, and so does Andrew Monasterio. What what do you make of that combo and what they're doing at third base? I think what they're doing right now is is kind of about uh, what was expected. Monasterio's still kind of doing his thing, playing um, pretty often. Donaldson's getting there. Uh, quite a bit and you know honestly he's been pretty solid like he, he's only hitting he's only hit one home run uh donaldson but he's uh getting on base he's drawn walks and matching and jesse winker's total and, might i add matching jesse yeah, winker's he, total from the season i believe it didn't take him long to match yeah. jesse winker's <laughs> total either jesse it took him like three months to, to finally yeah. get on the board there that's right uh but yeah it's it's going about as expected. It's improved it a little bit. It's improved the ceiling. Um, I think it's improved the floor a little bit as well, at least providing some power of veteran leader, uh, veteran experience as you get into the playoff race. So I think that's what Donaldson's been able to provide. And it's it's making it a manageable position for a team that's, that's going to be in the playoffs and something that shouldn't be a complete black hole when they get into October. All right, million-dollar question, David Gasper. The playoffs start tomorrow, and we got to set our playoff roster. Mm-hmm. Is Rowdy Telez on your playoff roster? Um, no, I, I don't think he is. Uh, I think there's, a, I think there's a chance that, that he will be on on the actual playoff roster. I wouldn't put him on mine, um, but I, I think there's a chance he could be just as that power bat off the bench, even though he hasn't really hit for much power since like the middle of May. Uh, but you're, you're dropping two spots uh, on the roster uh, to, to get down to the playoffs. I think Brian Anderson is certainly not going to be on the playoff roster because what, what does he even do here at this point? He hasn't made a start in nearly a well, month. Like, uh, I think Brian Anderson is, is the most obvious candidate to not look, be put on the postseason roster. Well, look, can uh, I but, just in defense of Brian Anderson, Ona Bam called in a couple of weeks ago and made a good point. Every World Series team has had a guy that doesn't play that much. So there is precedent yeah. for for a Brian Anderson to be on a postseason roster. Yeah. Brian Anderson is about to figure it out, uh, by yeah. the way. Like yeah. the, he's he's on his way to figuring it out. He's he's almost there. Oh, uh but yeah, it, it it just it doesn't seem to make much sense why he's been on the team over the last month and hasn't played. It's one thing when it's October and like, okay, you got to play your starters and you just kind of stick with your lineup. 
But when you're doing this in August and September, like, like why is he still why is he still on the roster? Well, and there maybe isn't another team in Major League Baseball, Gasper, that is uh, more hyper focused and non wasteful with their roster spots. Like the Brewers do not waste mm-hmm. spots. They'll send a guy up or down. If you have a bad outing and you're tired, we're going to send you down for three days and use that spot because we know Colin we're not going to pitch you. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it is bizarre. It is because the Brewers are not the type of team to just waste a roster spot like this. Right. They're, they're not, which is why this is still so confusing as, as to why uh, the Brian Anderson saga is playing out uh, this way. So, I mean, by the looks of it, he's he's not going to be on on the playoff roster. Maybe they're keeping him around for for a reason to to try to put him out there. But with Donaldson up now, plus Monasterio, uh, I, I just don't really see much of a pass for him there at at, uh, at third base. Uh, plus with Canna, I don't really really see a pass for him in right field. So I, I think Telez could end up making the postseason roster because of that. Um, Craig Council does like to use him as a pinch hitter off the bench when, when he needs a big bat, when he, when he wants a big moment, he'll go to Telez. So I, I think he could earn a, a playoff roster spot based on that. Let's talk about our bullpen while we wrap up. David Gasper reviewing the brew. Williams closes. I still like Piumps as my setup guy. Then what? Elvis Pagaro is going to do a stint on the IL, but let's just for the sake mm-hmm. of this conversation say he's healthy and all is normal. Who is then your three and your four? What, what is your bullpen trust tree in in descending order, starting with Devin Williams? Because I think Uribe's made quite the charge from a couple of months ago. He's He is in a more important role now than I expected when he first kind of broke onto the major league roster. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're definitely starting with Devin Williams and going down to Yoel Piams, and they've been trying to manage his workload um, because he's he's thrown, he, he's made, I think, six to five appearances now this year, and his previous career high was like 47, I, I want to say, like 41 or 47, something like that. Um, so he's thrown a, a lot of innings this year, more than he's really ever thrown in the big leagues. Uh, but Piams has is, is still definitely been that guy and I think you got Abner Uribe, who's earned himself uh, that, that that third spot, followed by Elvis Peguero, uh, and then Hobie Milner. Uh, after that, Hobie has been has been excellent uh, for the Brewers all season long as that reliable lefty, and and Council is going to go to him quite a bit uh, as the only reliable lefty uh, that that he has. Andrew Chafin is there, but uh, reliable uh, is not a description I would use for uh, Andrew Chafin at this point. He came in yesterday, and once the Brewers got up by four, and I was very nervous there for the first little bit of that ninth inning until he got that double play to end it. Uh, But uh, I think Hobie Milner there is uh, your fifth uh, most trusted reliever, and and those are going to be the the top five I think Council is going to be going to uh, throughout the rest of the year. And, I mean, really, they got a lot of good things in, in Trevor McGill as well with, with the opener uh, outing notwithstanding. Bryce Wilson has proven to be very trustworthy, yeah. and, and he's like your sixth or, or seventh guy on that list. I mean, that's that's a really strong bullpen all the way around. Bryce Wilson could be what Brandon Woodruff was in 2018 in role you know what i mean yeah like i i I don't know i look i look at 2018 so nostalgically like i love when mcgill opens like i love doing an opener it makes me feel what i felt back then but bryce wilson is not really a high leverage reliever but also if you need it in a pinch to get three innings or two innings out of a bullpen guy because of a, a catastrophe with your starter i think bryce wilson is the guy hobie milner i think is the 2023 version of uh of 2018 
Corey Knable. We have an mm-hmm. issue. The starter got into a little bit of trouble. We had to pull him. Enter Hobie Milner. Even though I think he he falls either three or four on my bullpen trust tree, depending on where Pagaro is with his elbow and, and how healthy he is, that that doesn't mean that Hobie Milner won't come in in the fifth inning to help out a starter who's gotten in in a jam. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. Hobie Milner, I mean, he's been used in a variety of situations, um, whether, whether it's coming in helping the starter get out of a jam, whether it's a high leverage inning, uh, late in the game, whatever it is, uh, Milner's thrives um, in that role. He's come in and, and he doesn't let runners come around to score. Uh, he puts up strong scoreless innings and and he's proven to be a very reliable guy. And, and being the only reliable lefty uh, that Council has, I mean, he's been he's been called upon a lot this year. He has, and he's answered the bell every time. I've been waiting for the the other shoe to drop with Milner, and it just hasn't. Well, Gasper, look, I appreciate the heck out of you. You know this. The baseball is getting mm-hmm. good, and let's savor the, the final couple of weeks of Craig Council as the Brewers manager together. Let's not lose that. Let's remember that, uh, and, and I'm sure we'll talk throughout the next couple of weeks and hopefully deep into the playoffs. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, that, that absolutely would be, and, and hopefully if this is Council's last run, we can get him a World Series uh, before he – before he walks away. That would certainly be nice. Uh, a nice little send-off all around. This is my World Series every week, Gasper. 5.30 on Wednesdays when we get to chat. I appreciate it. Thank you for the time, Gasper. Take care. Thanks a lot, man. Take care. Yeah, have a good one. David Gasper reviewing the brew on Twitter at dgasper24. My fellow UWL Eagle, David Gasper. Let's take one final three-minute break. We'll come back, wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're having an awesome night. Brewers back in action. Stack another win after last night. Just got to string a couple doubles together. It's not so hard, right? William Contreras, Willie Adamas, Sal Freelich. <laughs> I play in right field last night. Jordan Walker, maybe one of the worst timed dives I've ever seen. It was an unnecessary dive to boot, but <laughs> he still mistimed it horribly. I think he just could have caught it on the run. Jeff Levering caught off guard on the call. It was pretty funny. I was talking with J.R. Radcliffe earlier, and if you missed it, you can hear it in the podcast. I talked to him back towards 5 o'clock. You know, talked about how this team doesn't really feel like it has a playoff vibe. Like, think of 2011 with Braun and Fielder, and they would do the, the beast thing, the arms up in the air. And then in 2018, there was a vibe to that team. There was a vibe even in 2021. Claws up, Willie Adamas. Now that was a short-lived playoff run. But it still felt electric. It still felt like for months and months we were building excitement for the playoffs. This year, it doesn't feel the same. And you could argue that this Brewers team isn't as good as the 2011 or 2018 or 2021 Brewers. Okay, fine. I would argue they're pretty similar to the 2021 Brewers, which maybe is a bad omen. We'll see. We'll see. Um, It just doesn't feel like this team has a big personality in the ways that previous Brewers playoff teams have had personality, but maybe this team's lack of personality is their personality. Maybe, maybe, maybe their personality is, is very reflective of the way they've played all year long. Like the Reds have put together winning streaks. It looks unbelievable. It looks electric. The Reds have had stretches. It looks like they'll never lose a baseball game ever again. And the same with the Cardinals. 
right? Not this year, but like in years past, when that team gets hot, it's like, man, they went almost 20 in a row with this offense. Or the Cubs. The Cubs this year, they smash home runs. And they did it really for the last two months. The Braves. Some of these teams, when they get going, it looks unbelievable. The Brewers don't have that gear in them. The Brewers are a rather boring team. I, I call them a slow cooker team earlier this year. It's like they're not going to win six or seven games in a row consistently, and they're not going to hit multiple home runs a night consistently, and they're not going to score 10 runs consistently. But what they will do is win more games than they lose. And in a week-long sample or in a two-week sample or even in a month sample, it might not be easy to see that. But when you zoom out and you check in on the Brewers in late September, it's like, oh, man, they're, they're how many games in first place? They're how many games over 500? What? Because this is a team that is truly built for the long haul. And you could say, well, that's because they're not very good. That's because their division is bad. Okay, sure. Yeah, they're not the Braves. They're not the Dodgers. But the way this team has been able to comfortably cruise in first place and keep a pace and stay comfortable and to not panic, not get too hot, not get too cold, it's impressive. And I think maybe that's what defines this team. Boring. In a good way. Bill Michaels huddle up next. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4.